Focus. Focus. The tide is coming in. But we've just begun our picnic. We aren't done with our game. Collect your beach blankets and playthings while you can. For the tide waits. For no man. All right. Welcome to our week 11 podcast. Our week 11 review. Week 12 preview. This is Processing College Football. College football podcast designed to educate and entertain. We have... Mark Catlin here, as always, our college football head coach, and I'm Jason Randazza, your college football offensive coordinator, because I'm making all the calls, Mark. Every week we process the highlights of college football and the college football world, and I make Mark explain everything I don't understand. Mark, how are you this week? I'm doing great. Jason, I gladly hand over the play calling to you. Thank you, sir. Uh, you're welcome. It, in, it'll uh, work out better for us than FSU, I suspect. But uh, we'll one, get to that in a moment. One can only hope. Yeah, um, I'm doing great. I'm in beautiful uh, Denver, Colorado. The, I know. The Rockies are right outside my window. Not the baseball team, but the, uh, the mountain range. I mean, I guess Fair. the baseball right. team could be outside. Yeah, from New York City to Denver, two you know bastions, havens of college football, really. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing quite like college football in Denver. It's really what they're known for. It sure is. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, actually, New York does have um, a top-ranked team these days, all the way up in Syracuse. It's not the city, but uh, maybe it's New York's uh, home team, I suppose. It's as close as we get. Anyway, so before we get started, we can... I don't know, process the new rankings. There's not a whole lot to process. All of the top teams, all of the top 10 teams won. So I really think that the college football playoff committee basically just got to go into a room, expense a meal, and get paid to pretend to deliberate. You know, like, <laughs> did mean, you watch any of ESPN's reveal show? This was the most anticlimactic thing I've ever seen. No, I was, I was in an Uber on the way from the Denver airport to my hotel. You uh, missed quite the spectacle. I'm sure. This is this is how they actually did it. They revealed the top ten first. Because everybody's like, well, there's nothing changing. So they revealed the top ten first and then built drama towards the bottom fifteen. So I don't have anything per se, but something did come up during the Ohio State Michigan State game uh, that I thought we could just kind of go over. We're not going to go too in-depth into that game because it was painful. But um, at one point, when we were reading about this right before the, the podcast, we read about how Michigan State was backed up to their own one-yard line and committed an intentional safety in uh, the, the third quarter. So the article basically went on to say that usually teams will do this if they're in the fourth quarter. I guess if they're ahead and they're just trying to kill some clock. Um, but they did in the third quarter for heaven knows what reason. Um, but you you were saying that it didn't make any sense. But So there are different things that if teams score safeties, like how does this all work? So Ohio State gets the ball back. Right. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense for a lot of – I mean, we were trying to reason through it. Uh, you know, maybe they had been backed up and they wanted better field position, but – 
my point with that is you're the other team almost always gets really good field position after a safety because you have to give them the ball. But not only do you have to give them the ball, normally on a normal kickoff, if you know you scored, you would kick from the 35. But after a safety, you have to get kick from your own 20. And so you're even further back, and they're most likely going to have really good field position, uh, at least you know pretty far out of their own territory, you know, 35, 40-yard line, if not in your territory. And so I don't, I don't understand the call at all. Um, and so yeah, I think it was he just kind of gave them two free points for no reason. Uh, they almost gave them eight free points, frankly, because what happened after this play was, uh, see, I can maybe understand it if the you can really depend on your kicker, which is not something we as Alabama fans are familiar with. But no. um, if you can really depend on your kicker to like kick a long way, maybe 20 and 35 yards like that. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make the biggest difference, but on the, the kick, Michigan state kicked it out at the 50 yard line. So Ohio state got it back there. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's poor thinking, poor execution. And I mean, uh, the game was seven, six at that time. And they lost what? 26 to six or something. So yeah, um, maybe not the greatest move ever a pretty poor coaching decision uh all right yeah it's tough all right well better luck next time i don't, I don't know the slanting c went back to slanting the other way or maybe it was too calm who knows <laughs> there's something to unpack there i think but uh let's move on uh, for those of you listening at home if you have questions you want us to answer topics you want us to discuss or terms you want us to define send them in you can get us on twitter at processing cfb or email us processing college football at gmail.com all right let's talk week 11 let's review that week shall we oh we shall all right so we had a pretty well no it wasn't exciting i'm not even going to try to build it up all right we had number one ranked alabama a 25 point favorite against number 19 mississippi state 330 game final score here was 24 to 0 this is alabama's second shutout against a ranked opponent but hang on before we go any further everyone just needs to hold their horses because they can already hear all the angry emails being typed um so this has kind of been the common common narrative uh things like second shutout against a ranked opponent and this is alabama's worst game of the season and it's still a 24 to nothing uh blowout um, and th- those are both true to an extent, uh, except that if we're being a hundred percent fair, this game probably should have been more like 24 to seven, uh, if not even more equitable than that. Uh, basically Mississippi state was robbed of a touchdown based on some weird, bad block in the back call that occurred, which reversed a touchdown, uh, a very clear touchdown, um, and then they weren't able to convert and get any points. Uh, additionally, there was also like an earlier play that went against them. It was ruled not a fumble, but probably maybe should have been a fumble uh, that Mississippi State recovered. Um, these are just a couple of big plays that really didn't go Mississippi State's way that could have changed the entire course of the game. And I, I don't know. Some of this seems like it's a little <laughs> bit on Joe Moorhead, who at least for the fumble could have you know called a timeout, I think, and... Yeah and uh, had them review it. And it, it looked to me like it was definitely questionable. Maybe it wouldn't have been overturned, and that's what his little, I don't know, headset buddies up in the box were telling him. 
but I, I don't know. If you're playing against Alabama, I think I think you still take that chance. Um, I, yeah. I don't know if you feel differently well, about it. I, that was the first drive of the game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you have a chance to, to stop them on the first drive. Of course, Alabama goes on and scores a touchdown that drive. But it's definitely something that should be reviewed. But, you know, maybe you blame it on the headset buddies that, yeah. uh, that he's listening to. But, I mean, the other thing is Alabama didn't have any penalties in this game. Uh, any That's true. called on them. Uh, That's the first time since Texas A&M. They beat Texas A&M 59 to nothing. Um, so... Yeah, it's a, it was definitely an interesting game. I mean, people are going to complain about uh, the way the game was called, and probably rightfully so. Um, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a strange game in that sense. Yeah, so, I don't know. For for Alabama's part, I thought Tua looked like a good QB again. Not world-beating by any stretch of the imagination, but good. Uh, he did throw an, another interception. Um, and then he gets injured in the third quarter. Uh, a Mississippi State defender kind of plowed into his leg. Some said it looked like it was kind of intentional targeting of that injured knee. Uh, but actually, apparently, he injured his hamstring on that play. Um, and that's the reason he sat out the rest of the game. But then, you know, of course, this means that Mac Jones goes in because Jalen's still not healthy. Uh, and he just looks rough. Like, I would... I would be afraid of playing him against the Citadel. Uh, he comes in, he, he throws three for six for negative one yards. That's not, uh, no, no, that's not too bad. <laughs> he just didn't know which way he was going. Um, yeah. But as we discussed last week, you know, like Alabama can win most games this year without Tua. Like the running game looks good. Uh, the defense looks incredible. Mississippi State actually deserves a lot of credit on, on, as far as the defense is concerned. Uh, because Alabama's long, longest play of this game, 25 yards. It was a pass to Irv Smith. But, uh, you know, basically because of Alabama's wealth in other areas, this was still a game that Mississippi State only had 169 yards of total production, and as we right. said, zero points. So their defense looked great. They really did. Um, yeah, I mean, Mississippi State's defense is ranked, you know, in the top ten in the country, and uh, they're good. So Alabama's faced two good defenses in LSU and Mississippi State. They have not looked uh, – like their usual selves, I think it's a combination of LSU and Mississippi State having good defenses. But I also think, as I continue to say, Tua doesn't look healthy to me. Yeah, I mean, he he looked okay in this game. The interception was very bad. I don't know who he was throwing it to, but the other thing is, to me, I could you could tell from the first throw that the ball did not have the normal kind of zip on it. You know, usually throws darts, and they just kind of, even the short throws had a little bit of an arc to them. They were slower getting to the receiver. And, I mean, all that comes, like your power in throwing is somewhat your arm, but it really comes from your legs. And it seems like he's not really able to plant like he wants to on that right leg and deliver it with the force that he needs because that knee takes a lot of a lot of torque, a lot of twist uh, when you plant and throw as hard as he does. And it just doesn't seem like he can do that. Uh, and if he's not able to do that, then it's going to affect the offense. On top of that, a lot of his kind of really special ability comes from his elusiveness in the pocket, his ability to kind of shift around a little bit, spin out of stuff, run down the field. But I think he's he's hesitant to do that these days because when he does, I think what we've seen every time he's left the pocket to run, he comes up limping because his knee's not good. And so he stays in the pocket too long, and he takes sacks. We were sacked four times in this game, whereas we had only been sacked basically that number of times all season, maybe six times or something. 
Um, and so it definitely affects the offense uh, the way that he's playing. And so I think the, the, the limiting the number of points our offense is, is scoring is a credit for sure to LSU and Mississippi State, but it's also a credit to Tua's knee. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, so I, I'm worried about Tua moving forward. Mm-hmm. I'm also worried about Mac Jones <laughs> moving forward because Jalen's still not healthy. If Tua does get hurt in a game, we need Mac Jones. Um, and which I don't know. It, we're probably not going to preview the Alabama Citadel game, the matchup of two Giants. But probably in, not. In, in that game, Tua is not healthy. Mac needs some reps. If he just if he's throwing, you know, if he throws three interceptions in the first half against the Citadel, we'll just run the ball. They're not going to stop Damon Harris, Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris. Um, that that whole crew of running backs that we have, they're not going to stop those guys. Keep Tua out, rest him, play Mac Jones, because if Tua does get hurt against Auburn or Georgia, then Mac's at least got some real game reps with the first team that are meaningful reps that he can kind of bank on, at least mentally and even physically in those games. But if we don't get him meaningful reps with the ones and then – you throw Tua gets you know hurt by an Auburn defensive lineman. You want to throw Mac Jones out there in the Iron Bowl and then against mm. Georgia in the SEC championship game without any meaningful experience? I don't think so. It doesn't look like Saban's going to do what I'm asking him to do, which is sit Tua. But no, Nick, you Nick, and everybody else, frankly. Nick, listen to me, man. Yeah. Uh, I know you and I. We have a rapport. We talk mm-hmm. every week, and I've told long you, history. Nick, yeah, long, long history. You need to sit Tua for the sake of the team. But uh, if if two if he ends up playing Tua and Tua gets hurt even on a non-contact play or whatever, then it's uh, it's not good news to have Auburn and Georgia coming up next. Do we have any sense of when Jalen will be back to being able to play, kind of the backup? Uh, no, I, I, right now I do not trust what Alabama is saying about injuries. They're saying Jalen's day to day. But when you watch video of him at practice and like the open viewing period with the media, when you watch him pregame, he's very gingerly, barely even jogging on that ankle. There's no way that he's get in a pocket and throw a ball or run like he does or mm-hmm. whatever or take a hit. It's just no, he's not ready to go. Matt maybe Jones. he's faking it for attention. <laughs> or or maybe maybe he's faking it and really like he's like bionic now and he's just gonna come out and he'll be even better at running i don't know you know that's just a that's just a theory just a theory which is a plausible one for sure sure. um but i mean our only healthy quarterback is mac jones so (laughs) like we're we're kind of screwed right now so get him some freaking experience the citadel yeah is the citadel and nick saban wants to pretend like we have to take them seriously nick you don't man you just don't play all your other starters. The reason you're not playing two is not because you're just going to win. It's because he's freaking hurt, man. Okay, but so. your Nick's concern what? is what, is that we need to take the Citadel seriously. No, okay? we don't. We don't. Alabama is only projected to win that game by 51 points. <laughs> Look, I, I, I don't, let me uh, let me. I'm going to go back to what I just said uh-huh. in in one sense. Yes, everybody who's going to play in the game needs to take him seriously. Yeah, Sitting Tua, this is my point, sitting Tua is not 
taking the citadel lightly it's taking Tua's health seriously yeah so you you play all your other starters who aren't hurt right now and that's taking them seriously so everybody's on the field needs to play 100 percent. great call call the game like you're an sec championship game against georgia or whatever great do all that defense play hard blah 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 but just don't play Tua. It's not that you're valuing him over other players, although maybe you should. But it's that he's not playing 100% healthy, and he needs rest on that knee. If his knee were fine, he wouldn't have a friggin' knee brace on it like he does. If his knee were fine, he wouldn't come up limping every time that he runs. He's not healthy. Give him rest. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not taking the Citadel lightly. It's taking Tua's health seriously. It's it kind of boggles my mind that he's really serious about playing two against the Citadel. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but that's all I have for that game. Let's move on to unranked Auburn at number six Georgia. Georgia was a fourteen point favorite when we previewed it. This was a seven p.m. game on ESPN. Final score here was twenty-seven to ten. So we learned last week that. Georgia was 9-0 and in games where DeAndre Swift scored a touchdown. So I have news for you, Mark. Okay, what happened? Did DeAndre score? DeAndre Swift scored a touchdown. Do we need mm. to even review this game any further? I mean, that's uh, the that only is, that's notable the statistic. Only metric that matters. It really is. So now he they're 11-0 in games where he scored a touchdown. And I think he scored on, like, yard – did he score on really long runs? Like seventy-five yard plus runs. Uh, DeAndre Swift's longest run was seventy-seven yards. Uh, I don't know if that's long or not. Next week we'll have to process how long a football field is. So <laughs> it seems like a long distance. It's, a pretty, to me. it's a pretty long way. Yeah. I haven't run seventy-seven yards in a while. <laughs> not sure I ever have. <laughs> um, I, I don't have a whole lot to say. I, I think. Some of us were hoping that maybe Auburn would look a little bit competitive against Georgia um, and kind of throw a little bit of chaos into this since they don't stand a chance of making to the playoffs anyway, and maybe they could just kind of knock Georgia out of the running. But uh, Georgia looks pretty good. Uh, I, I think that this is another game where maybe they were expected to, not by Vegas, obviously, they were 14-point favorite, but maybe they were kind of expected to blow Auburn out of the water a little bit more and because they didn't they're uh, kind of being separated from some of the other top te- namely two top teams Alabama and Clemson so I don't know Georgia's not the Georgia of last year this year they're, but I, they're, they're not but they're going to be fired up for the SEC championship oh, game 100% um, that's going to be a, that's going to be an exciting game for sure it's a it's a revenge spot so can't discount them then we had FSU going to South Bend, I believe, play number four, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, about a 17.5-point favorite, 7.30 game. Final score here, 42-13. to 13. It turns out that Willie Taggart stepping back and letting his offensive coordinator make the calls did not do much this week. Uh, but maybe it's, uh, I don't know, a skill you sort of – learn as you go so i don't know (laughs) fsu has two more games uh and if they could manage to win them both then they could get into a bowl otherwise that bowl streak is dead 
Uh, and I think they play two ranked teams in the next two weeks. So they play Boston College, I think, this weekend. Uh, and then next weekend they play Florida. Hmm. Yeah. And that's a rivalry game, so maybe you can't just assume that uh, they'll lose that one. No, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to assume that they're going to lose that one. <laughs> well, when Florida's up and down, they, they're not a consistent team. But no. I mean, Notre Dame's a very good team. Well, uh, FSU, you're right. FSU is consistent this year. <laughs> oh, man. That's brutal. Um, no, Notre Dame's good. And so, uh, I mean, this isn't, this isn't too surprising. Yeah. Um, but we shall... I thought that, see where Notre Dame goes. I thought that James Blackman was going to be their permanent quarterback. He play, he started last week, I think, but they he didn't even play this week. So DeAndre Francois was back in there making plays, and by making plays, I mean he was completing about half of his passes and throwing an interception. But uh, you know, I don't know. FSU yeah. next year's your year, I think. Oh yeah, all right. For sure. <laughs> Let's the, talk. N- the Nulls are back. That's next year. Next year. All right. Uh, then we had number 10-ranked Ohio State playing against 18th-ranked Michigan State. Ohio State just about a field goal favorite. So this game was close briefly, and then Michigan State, as we said, made just a bunch of bizarre calls, and just there were there were missteps after missteps in this game there are entire articles written about how terrible this game was ohio state had like a four (laughs) yard punt uh michigan state had like a a a 26 yard punt like i i I don't know this was just an uncomfortable game and it, it it's it it would normally i think be something that ohio state fans could be really happy about a win over a rival on some level and a ranked opponent, but the fact that both teams just looked terrible, I think, I, I think just added a lot of questions for Ohio State fans about like where they're going and you know what would actually happen if they managed to make it into the playoffs because it would almost assuredly not be good. Um, yeah, I don't think it'd be good. And <clears throat> with Michigan looming here in a couple of weeks, it's not going to be good either. I don't think for Ohio State. I mean, it, it, you don't. I mean, you look toward the future, and it doesn't look great if you're an Ohio State fan. Um, but you're happy to walk out of this terrible game with a win, at least. Michigan State, man, that's that is just rough if you're a Michigan State fan. Yeah. Because you looked worse than terrible, and you lost, and you gave up a safety for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it. Sorry, Spartans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. All right. I'm done with that game. Number two ranked Clemson uh, playing uh, number 22 at the time ranked Boston College, who were 20-point home dogs. So final score here, 27-7. to It was a push. So I don't know if that's a win for Boston. Actually, that's a win for no one, so I know. Um, another game, Clemson continues to separate itself. Everybody really felt like uh you know boston college had uh well nobody felt like they had a, a a shot at really winning this game but everybody felt like they were a decent team and they might give clemson a run for their money but clemson you know i don't know like basically shut boston college out 
the second, third, and fourth quarter. So they scored seven points real quick, but that was it. Uh, Trevor Lawrence continues to look good. Closing in on Tua for the Heisman is what some people are saying. So, um, I don't know. Clemson continues to look like the most serious uh, real threat to Alabama. And that's a, that's a healthy Alabama. Um, Clemson might be a better team if Tua's not healthy. Yeah, I mean, Clemson is definitely the, the biggest threat. Uh, Clemson and, and Michigan, but Clemson a, a step above Michigan. So, um, uh, whatever. It's not, I don't know, their, their defense was dominant. Their offense looked a little average. You could say the same thing about the Bama game. So, uh, I mean, I really hope it would be great. Maybe the rest of the country is tired of it, but I'd love to see an Alabama-Clemson matchup again in the playoffs or championship. So, Here's to here's to making that happen. All right. Uh, then finally, we had Southern Miss playing at Legion Field against UAB Blazers. UAB was supposed to win this one by 12. Uh, final score here was a 26-23 win in overtime. UAB clinches the Conference USA West. I, I don't even really know where to start. UAB is ranked in the coaches poll at number awesome. 25 but still for the first time in school history this is really incredible this is what this was a really close game southern miss uh was a uh, was leading or they were tied for big stretches of this game um and uab's quarterback aj early was out with a shoulder injury and his backup tyler johnson who i don't know if he's played any meaningful snaps this whole year uh credit where credit is due he did his part to make sure the Blazers won, but he really nearly gave me a heart attack doing it. He threw, th- <laughs> he threw three interceptions. Unacceptable. Um, but he was, you know, 14 for 27, 207 yards, and he got a touchdown. So uh, one through the air and actually one rushing. Uh, and then Spencer Brown, our, our star running back, made the game-winning touchdown in overtime. So this game was on BN Sports, which we've talked about last year about how the network's name was kind of terrible like they got a b as a grade in sports rather than an a or an a plus but actually actually they have some work to do if they even want to keep that b the second half of this game just disappeared it turned into a radio broadcast (laughs) that's amazing can can you imagine if this like happened on an espn game or something like they're just like well i don't know where the feed went here just listen to it uh Anyway, as I said, uh, so UAB is now the the Conference USA West champion. They clinched their spot in in the title game. And I I really wanted to buy tickets to go to Birmingham for this, but apparently the conference championship is held at the home stadium of the school with the best record. So UAB is currently uh, undefeated in conference play, but they still play Middle Tennessee, who only has one loss right now. So if Middle Tennessee wins that game and doesn't lose another conference game, I think they play against somebody else in conference before, like this weekend. But then then, then it'll be at Middle Tennessee. Uh, but if UAB wins, then it'll be in Birmingham. But I won't find that out until the week before the championship, which kind of stinks. So anyway, if Middle Tennessee wins... Then UAB will play Middle Tennessee one weekend, and then they'll play them again the next weekend. Yeah, I mean this the this is an incredible story uh, with UAB. Uh, you know, on a 
text exchange uh, was kind of the, the consensus that uh, coach of the year uh, should be. He really here. should be. Um, and I mean, it's they didn't exist a couple of years ago. No, they didn't exist as a football team. Uh, and now they're about to, you know, they're close to winning their conference. They're ranked, which is, um, you know, unprecedented in UAB football history. So it really is an incredible story. And I think you mentioned in a tech ex- text exchange or in something that they should make a 30 for 30 on this. And they absolutely should. Yeah. I, I still feel like Disney should make a movie, but. Ooh, Disney, there we go. That would, uh, that would be good. But anyway, so. You can actually tune into College Game Day this weekend, and they have an interview with Bill Clark, I know, coming out, so I'm really excited to see that. Anyway, um, so that's all the the Week 11 games I have, but you ready to talk Week 12 preview? I'm always ready to talk about football. It's going to be a whole day of team sports and beer. Get the old heart rate up. Maybe pound a cheeseburger in the sun, throw some butter on it. You're going to love it. All right, so uh, historically, Week 12 can lack some excitement. This is usually the week that big schools, well, at least in the SEC, uh, they schedule what they think are cupcakes to act as some sort of mini-buy before they play a big rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Um, you see that here with Alabama and Auburn playing the Citadel and Liberty before they play each other next weekend. Um, and then... But even, I feel like, I mean, maybe I'm just being really disrespectful here, but Clemson scheduled Duke, which actually Duke's okay this year, but typically they're not in South Carolina, uh, or before they play South Carolina, which is a a rivalry game for them. Not a great opponent this year, but maybe an in-state rivalry, you know, is always an issue, nonetheless. And then Michigan scheduled Indiana, and Ohio State scheduled Maryland. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being disrespectful. Or maybe they are. Maybe they're like, oh, we'll schedule these teams. They're not going to do anything. Uh, they're probably right, to be fair. Uh, anyway. Know. Maryland might jump up and do something. That would be really phenomenal. Poorly Ohio State's playing. All right. So there aren't a whole lot of games to talk about this week. I mean, as I said, Alabama's a 51-point favorite over Citadel. Uh, there's no sense in even really calling that. I'm sorry, Mark. In the time that we've been doing this podcast – the line has actually changed. Oh, wow. This, this is, is not news. even a joke. Breaking, breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Alabama's now a 52.5-point favorite. Oh, wow. See, that That's changes my whole joke. prediction. I had, right. winning, I had them winning by 52, so Bama does not cover. <laughs> Bama doesn't cover. <laughs> All right. But let's talk about maybe the biggest game of the weekend, the season. It's the game uh, of the century, in my opinion. We have number 25 ranked UAB. I'm just going to say it. Playing against unranked Texas A&M. Um, Feels so, good, doesn't it? Number 25 ranked <laughs> UAB. Not according to the conference football playoff committee, but th- they'll have their respect this week, I think. So this is the game. This this one is actually on ESPN in prime time, so hopefully it doesn't convert to a radio broadcast, but we'll see. They're playing at College Station. Uh, the line opened at 14.5. It's now 17 points in favor of A&M, um, but UAB doesn't respect lines because they have been crossing them their entire existence. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means, 
but Jimbo Fisher is going to rue the day that he ever decided he wanted to be the head coach of UAB, but was stonewalled by the Alabama Board of Trustees. He is going to rue that day. <laughs> yeah, I got I got UAB winning this uh, 24-23. Oh, yeah, no. I, I mean, they'll let Texas a play them close. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, if if UAB's quarterback starting quarterback plays, gosh, he really needs. Oh my goodness, I don't even want to think about if, it. If not, it's going to be brutal. Uh, I mean, they should win this one, but you know, if I'm being completely honest, this is potentially losable for UAB. Um, uh, I don't know if they if they. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I'm not worried. Uh, unless, yeah, their quarterback doesn't play. Um, and, no, that's the only reason I would be worried. But uh, UAB's defense is pretty good, or has been against all the opponents they've played. So um, we, we do need to rely pretty heavily on them um, to make something happen. Um, I think UAB wins 42-8. to and um, goes for like a two-point conversion, and UAB gives it to them just to save themselves the embarrassment of losing by five full touchdowns. Or, or maybe UAB just gives them a, gives them a safety for good measure. <laughs> maybe they do. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, losing. they get Here's two field goals, and UAB's like, you know yeah. what? <laughs> we'll just keep we're on the forty-yard line, but the center is just going to chuck it out of the back of the end zone. No, we'll snap it to the punter, and then he'll run straight through <laughs> the back of the end zone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I like I like your prediction of uh, Sex A&M playing UAB close and then UAB winning forty-two to eight. I said they could it. play them close. I don't actually believe. Oh, okay. oh gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. My apologies. All right, and then we have I think our only ranked versus ranked matchup is number three ranked Notre Dame versus number twelve ranked Syracuse at Yankee Stadium. Oh, sorry, we do have another ranked versus ranked, but this is uh, three against number twelve Syracuse. Syracuse of a uh, a second-rate basketball school, if we're being honest, is ranked number 12. <laughs> wow. uh, this this game's p- being played at Yankee Stadium at 2.30 on NBC. I was actually going to go to this game, but tickets are over $150. Yes. And who – I I don't want to say Syracuse play football. Anyway, so uh, do you have the line on this game? Do I have the line on the Notre Dame-Syracuse game? Yeah. Um, what do you mean? I, I don't know who's going to win and by how much because oh. my app is not loading. Uh, you've got here that it's Notre Dame by nine. All right. That sounds about right. So let's just um, say Notre Dame by nine. What do you, what, what you think is going to happen in this game? I've got Notre Dame winning – Pretty handily. I don't know. It's so weird that Syracuse ranked, is ranked highly. I can't. Uh, it's hard to take them seriously. It's sort of like Kentucky. Sure. Um, even if they're pretty good. So I've got Notre Dame winning something like 35-17. All right. Hang on. Back up. Let's be clear. Kentucky is not good. They just lost to Tennessee. <laughs> right. But I'm saying it's similar. They're both basketball schools. Although Syracuse, obviously, as you said, a second-rate uh, basketball school and it's just the football thing. I don't know. It's just hard. So anyway, no. I've got I've got Notre Dame thirty five seventeen. Okay, um, I, I, you know I I haven't wanted to see or I'm sorry not see I I, I definitely don't want to see them uh, cover this spread, but I haven't 
been willing to pick Notre Dame to cover the spread, but I've been wrong pretty much every week. So I'm actually going to pick them to cover the spread, which is actually 10 and a half at this point. Okay. I'm going to say, uh, let's say 34 to 20 Notre Dame. There you go. That's a good pick. All right. And then the only other ranked versus ranked matchup we have is Iowa State. Those <laughs> plucky little guys from, I don't know, Council Bluffs or something like that. Um, uh, they're playing at Texas. Uh, once again, I do not have the line on this game. Do you, yeah, do you te- have te- Texas by two and a half. That seems about right. All right. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to take uh, – I mean, it's kind of hard to pick this because both these teams kind of specialize in losing games they shouldn't but playing, you know, playing the upset. Yeah. Um, and so the question is, well, <laughs> how does that play out when you play each other and you're both ranked? I mean, and it's not just that they're both ranked. It's they're right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that close game, I'll take Texas. Uh, I'll take them. I think they cover that two and a half. They win by three. Give them a field goal, 27-24. I, I like it. They're not they're not playing at Iowa State. It's at Texas. That's, that's kind of what, what makes me lean the Longhorns way. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just like Iowa State better as a football team. Um, you know, it's funny because you're, you're right. They are kind of similar. At least they have been this year. Yeah. Uh, they they lose games they should win, but Iowa State sometimes wins games they really shouldn't win, uh, which I think I would like to see here a little bit. So I'm gonna pick them winning, uh, twenty eight to seventeen. Nice. Yeah. So, go Cyclones. <laughs> yeah, Cyclones. Man. And they're in they're in Ames, Iowa, by the way. Ames. All I don't right. Know, what did you say? What? Council Bluffs. I thought it was Council Bluffs. I'm going to Google real quick how far Ames is from Council Bluffs. Maybe Council Bluffs is a small town inside of Ames. No, No, it's not. It's two and a half hours away. Who even knew that Iowa was that big? Uh, You know what? I take it back. Screw you, Iowa State. (laughs) Fucking Texas. (laughs) How dare you not be in Council Bluffs? Cyclones. (laughs) That's amazing. All right, whatever. That's all. As, as you can tell, as you can tell, listeners, the sophistication of our analysis is unparalleled. Oh yeah, spot on. This 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 podcast is nothing if not dedicated just to getting into the minutia of of scheme and and uh, strategy. So <laughs> the fact that Council Bluffs and Ames are more than two hours away from each other, yeah. That makes me think that the Longhorns can pull this off. I mean, I, I might change your mind here. I'm looking at uh, Iowa State's website, and there's an About Ames page, mainly because probably nobody any nobody probably knows what Ames is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you got to read this. We should provide a link to this. It's kind of amazing. But Ames is among America's best. Throughout the years, Ames has received many honors, including second most livable small city in the nation. That's a lot of qualifiers. Sixth best small city in America in which to do business. One of the nine great places you've never heard of. (laughs) 
wait, awesome. were they ninth? I mean, why why was that list made of not? I mean, is it that one much? Of the ninth. <laughs> You've heard of every other city. We could not possibly add a tenth to this list. I mean, it seems like in it's it's in the top twenty for best places to live in America. I don't know. Are you sure? Okay. you want to change your pick back. I mean, no, but hang on. I think we need to investigate those lists to see if Council Bluffs is above Ames on any uh, of them. That's that's probably true. Maybe one. You of know. Those you know what might actually be relevant to this? Uh, I just looked it up. Council Bluffs is actually twelve and a half hours from Austin, Texas. So this is a close one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I it's think you t- should go with tough. Abe's. Abe's is better. All right, you're right. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll I'll settle with my original Iowa State pick. So that, that's it. I, that's three games. I have three games to talk about. I'm not going to talk about Auburn at Liberty. I'm not going to t- talk about FSU at Boston College, even though the spread on that game is only two and a half, despite the fact that I th- – is, is Boston College still ranked? They might be. Let's but I, I don't know. Yeah. It just – it feels like, wait, did Boston College go from 22 to 20 after losing? To 20. All right. I can't figure it out. It's a mystery. Anyway. Uh, right, let's, let's figure this out here. <laughs> live on podcast. Because we're live right now. We're not recording. No. This is live stream or something like that. I don't even know what live stream means anymore. Yeah, me either. Uh, why can't we should be able to look at the previous weeks? Oh, the other thing you said you want Disney to make it. Disney owns an eighty percent stake in ESPN, so technically, if a thirty for thirty were made, it would be by Disney. Okay, but y- you know what I mean. I would like uh, uh, I don't know. You want like a Robert like Redford a... to play <laughs> that to would play be Bill awesome. Clark, even Robert though he's older and Redford. has more hair. Robert Redford's old. I think he's retired, that... frankly. Yeah, as he should be, I think. Okay, rankings. Oh, here we go. Okay. Week 11, BC's 20. Last week. Last week, BC was 17. Oh, all right. Forgive me, podcast listeners. I was dead wrong. Where did I get 22 from? Doesn't matter. I don't know. Probably week 9. So. All right. Week nine, Boston College twenty-two. No, oh, you, you know what? We were releasing it before the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. There it so, is. No, that's a little bit of can, an error in our planning. Well, you can anyway. Edit. You can uh, edit all that if you want. I have a really good way to end all of the other errors we could potentially make, and that is to end the podcast right now. <laughs> uh, all right. There it is. All right, so that's our podcast for the week. Uh, you can catch us on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever else uh, fine podcasts are distributed. Uh, and wherever you do find us, please rate and review us. It really helps with our rankings. Until next week, I will catch you later. See you later, Mark. Adios. Uh, hey Mark, uh, there is actually another ranked versus ranked game this oh, is weekend. That right? Yeah, yeah, it's number eleven UCF against number twenty-four ranked Cincinnati. Oh, interesting. Uh, so, what are your thoughts? Do you have any? No, no, me either. <laughs>